The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. be a singer. When I say used to be a singer, by the time I was 12, Petey, I knew I couldn't sing, you know what I mean? Vocal cords changed, and singing was not my future. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Inside Tensor Town. I'm Dutch Allen here, the Napsack Files podcast feed. What is this? It's a show where me, Dutch Allen, former Hollywood producer, sits down, talks about the business, life, all those things, and gives uh, Kenny Napsack a little break here. Uh, occasionally, you hear me talking to Petey in the booth there. He's my producer. Doesn't like saying much. One day, Petey, I'd like you to sit down and maybe say something. You know what I mean? Sit down. Yeah, not just screaming in the background. I'm talking about actually getting down there. And uh, having a life conversation, a heart to heart. I used to love those there. You guys know me if you know me. If you don't, uh, I don't care. I've got no ego. I've uh, got a long Hollywood career. You can look me up online, but, uh, you know, I don't care if you do. I don't care if you don't. We're here now, and that's what's the important thing there. I do love the past. love talking about the past, but I love talking about the future. And what we're going to be talking about today is Avengers Endgame. I got to see it. I got to see it. We reviewed a little bit of the Captain Marvel last time out here, so we're going to do this now. We're going to review Marvel's Endgame. Avenge Team Endgame, right? I've learned it's Avengers. Took me a while, but I learned it's Avengers. Here's the deal. There's going to be some spoilers, and I know people don't like that. There's this weird thing. I get not talking about it the first weekend, but I think after four or five days, if you're in the movie business, or the punditry business, or the podcast business, whatever you may be, if part of your career and, and, the, and the money you make and the bills that get paid by your profession, if you're part of it, part of it includes talking about movies and TV shows, spoilers have a shorter shelf life. You got to get to it. You got to get to it. But So we've given you two weeks. If you haven't seen the Avengers uh, Endgame party picture, uh, everyone coming together for a party. Get on out of here. Come back when you do. I won't be offended. Kenny Abstract won't be offended. The legal department of the Napsack Files podcast feed will not be offended. I saw some news stories, Petey, talking about the spoilers there, that outside one movie theater, uh, someone was beaten near death, assaulted physically for spoiling the movie. I think that's extreme. I do not condone that kind of violence. Except one time, in 1972, I sent two tough guys to punch Woody Allen in the face. Years later, it would look like it was, you know, for good cause and for other reasons. Back then, I just uh, didn't like his nebbish attitude in the pitch room. I was a different man back there. I I wouldn't condone that violence now. Then, I stood by it. Take a breath. Take a drag of that ciggy, Petey. We got to calm it down. But this guy gets uh, beat with an inch of his life at a movie theater there, uh, spoiling Endgame, and I understand that. I don't think it's necessarily right for the violence to come down on him, but I also think at that that point you might be asking for it there. You know, I, I in my youth, I used to get in some bar fights there until I changed my way. You know, it's all ego. Men are, are all ego for certain ends. Sometimes you, gotta, you just got to calm down. That's why I'm smoking this cigarette still, Petey. Take a drag. 
take a drag, calm down. I think you you learn that a lot later in life. Uh, but I, I I feel for this guy, but at the same time, what the hell are you doing? As I just said, if you're on a podcast talking about the Marvel movies, the DC movies, the Star Wars, and all those kind of things, if you're talking about the, the high fantasy pictures that all the kids and the adults love, uh, if you're talking about that, eventually, yeah, you want to not spoil things, but eventually you got to get to it, you know? It's like I used to say my, to my third wife, I, I know this evening's going to be long, I know you hate me, but we're going to go up to the bedroom and eventually get to it, so we might as well go, you know? Yes, Petey, she had an option. We had a weird marriage. It didn't work, but it worked. You know what I mean? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Getting off track here. If you show up at a movie theater and you start barking spoilers, plot points, you know, Marty McFly's time machine is going to take him back to the future. If you're spoiling it in the lobby of the theater, I, I, I can't... I can't say that I think it's a great idea that violence befalls you, but I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, you know, failing to grasp why. That's my thing. That's my stance on a lot of things. Mind your own business. Until you don't, you might have to reap the repercussions. Things will come your way. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's my thing on spoilers. I think we're giving you a warning there. I think you know how we review things there. Marvel. Marvel Pictures. Kevin Feige. He goes out there uh, a few years ago, says to Marvel, all right, you, you want to you wanna make comic book movies here. We got Disney behind us now. We're going to make some, some uh, Marvel pictures there. Now, I can't remember. Did Disney always have the Marvel movies going back to the beginning of all these, uh, what do they call them, phases? Not like phases on stun, but phases. Uh, I can't remember. I know there was Marvel Studios. I'm not a dummy. I, I know that. Uh, towards the end of my career, they were pitching around, uh, pitching around uh, projects there. Um, and I was partial to, to Aquaman, which I know is the DC property, but they finally got that off the ground. Uh, but I did. I had I had a pitch going around around 1992, uh, towards the later years of my career there. I had a pitch for Aquaman starring Patrick Swayze. You tell me right now. Petey, you stop what you're doing. Well, don't stop what you're doing. You're producing the show. But if you're listening out there, just hold the phone and think about that. In 1992, if I tell you we're going to make an Aquaman picture, who would you think? Who would you think? Kevin Costner? No. Alec Baldwin? No. Patrick Swayze? That's the one. That's the one. He would have been an Aquaman to be proud of. And I love the Momoa kid. He's great with a shirt off. He yells, my man, all those kind of things. I, I got no problem with him. That's a good choice, too, for now. But I'm talking in 1992, I was pitching around to some studios. Make us an Aquaman. I've got the Aquaman idea here at Patrick Swayze. Remember that song he used to have? She's like the wind. She's out of my league. Oh, I used to be great. I used to make a lot of love to that song. He would have been a great Aquaman. But that's DC. That's what we're talking about there. So Marvel, some point Marvel, Disney team up. Kevin Feige. Uh, is it Feige? Either way, it's weird. Uh, he sits down. He's We worked on some of the other, with the X-Men pictures, I think. He was a comic book fan. 
And I don't say comic book nerd. I think that's insulting. Yeah, I, I get it. I wasn't always a nerd. I was more of a jock growing up in high school. Uh, but I do enjoy... I understood early on that comic books were telling stories that other forms of uh, entertainment and media weren't, uh, weren't getting to. So I have a lot of respect for people who enjoy comic books. It's not always been my favorite thing, as I've talked about before. Not a huge superhero fan, but I get it. You know, I get it. I used to worship Mickey Mantle. It's the same thing. Aquaman, Mickey Mantle, same thing. So they come around there. They say, you know, we, we can really do this right there. Nolan, old Christopher Nolan, who is, uh, he's a cantankerous cat to work with. I, I, I haven't worked with him directly, but I know some people that have. He's a very, um, he's, he knows who he is, and uh, it's not a bad thing. Uh, so he makes the uh, Batman pictures, uh, which I, I liked. Christian Bale's intense guy. Senator Pat Leahy cameoed in uh, uh, one of those pictures. Do you know that? The second picture, I think. Uh, yeah, was it the second or third? Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns. I don't know. Dark Knight Rises. Everyone's rising and returning and getting revenge in these pictures. Senator Pat Leahy, look it up. Uh, so I love those pictures because it took the superhero genre. A lot of credit goes to X-Men, as it should. But, you know, for every X-Men, there's 15 Phantoms and Blankmans and Media Mans and all the Shazams, Kazams, Bazooies and all these things. So uh, Nolan comes along. He has some uh, credibility to it. Much like I look at uh, Star Wars is a different category. Star Trek's a different category there. But Donna's Superman was great. Let me tell you something about Dick Donna. Uh, Dick Donna was, you talk about cantankerous. He had his police. He had his police. He knew what was going to work, what was not going to work. And what happened to him in the second Superman picture was a travesty. Now, I got nothing against Dick Lester. I took over the picture. Dick Lester directed the Beatles movies. I used to hang out with Dick Lester uh, during the late 60s. And he used to ask him stories. I, you know, I liked the mop tops there and uh, all the rock and roll combo music there. He used to tell some fascinating stories of uh, Ringo getting so high and wander off into the Alps and they couldn't find him for three days. You know, peace and love, peace and love. And um, Dick Lester, I nothing to you can't blame him for taking over Superman two there. But Donna, Dick Donna, he you know he he was he again another director who knows who he is and knows what he wants to do. So you know the superhero genre kind of changed, and uh, you know I like Timmy Burton's pictures. Uh, you know the ones that came after he left, not my favorite, but Nolan took it to the next level. We know this. So Feige saying, you know. Did I say it right? Feige. Feige's saying here, let's, uh, you know, let's do it right. Let's come up with a big plan. I'm going to take a sip of whiskey here. Oh, that's good whiskey there. McClellan. It's McClellan. I like it. So Feige, he, he says, the, the story's in the comic books. Let's start with Iron Man, which uh, we've talked before, you know. Uh, we Bob Downey Jr. comes into that role. One of those castings, much like uh, Keaton doing the Batman in 89. A lot of people didn't think Mr. Mom's going to be a superhero, and you know, that we got, they take the gamble on Bob Downey Jr. And look how it pays off. Look how it paid off for Downey Jr. too. So uh, we'll start with this guy, Iron Man, and we'll start building the story. We got a, we got a, we got a plan. And everyone, everyone talks about a plan. Well, we need plans for the pictures. Yeah, you do, but that's also not how you make a picture. It's not how you make it. You can have all the plans you want. You really can. But write in pencil. Trust me. Write in pencil. You make a movie... Three to four times. I think you make a movie in the writing. You make a movie in the shooting. You make a movie in the editing. And then maybe in the reshoots, you know, which it could be a problem. We're not here to talk about reshoots. So, uh, so I, you know, 
They start with this and they got a plan, but the plan's good. I give them credit for it. Plans aren't bad. Not having plans isn't bad. Having plans, not bad too. But also I think people, if you're not in the movie industry there and you hear, well, they had a plan. You don't really know what that means. You think everything was planned out in the mid-2000s? That they knew exactly where they were going to get in 2019? No. I think they had, they had more of a plan than a lot of people have come before. But they had, they, they remember they launched, they did have one movie that was on the slate, the Not Not Humans or something like that. It became a TV show and it wasn't good. Uh, the, the TV shows themselves, I know, didn't factor in. The Shield, the, uh, the uh, uh, Shield team uh, didn't, uh, it had its own kind of world. So things changed, you know, don't, you can't tell me that Marvel's plan was the same as it was uh, before uh, Iron Man came out all the way up to now, but they have a good plan. I give them credit for that. And I, I and I'm not, uh, you know, I like, uh, I like things that uh, you could change. Let's change the story around. How do we got, we got point A, we got point B. We're going to add like point A, B in the middle sometimes. So we're going to take it to C, take it to D, take it down to F town. You know what I mean? That's okay. Point is when you see one of those, uh, YouTube videos of those uh, movie news uh, websites and web blogs saying, uh, hey, so-and-so doesn't have a plan for the franchise. Comment that. Pump the brakes. You don't know what they have and what they don't have, and you don't know what they've changed. Um, Iron Man comes out, and it, it seems like a great plan. And, and Sam Sammy Jackson's at the end of it there doing his thing in the credits. And it's genius. But I think we forget that the second picture comes out, Iron Man 2, and you got Mickey Rourke in it. He's a great... I like Mickey Rourke. I really do. I really do. Uh, I, I liked some of his stuff in the early 80s. I liked when he was the, the pro wrestler. I liked all those things. Uh, I don't I don't know what happened to him. He, he looks a little different than when I used to hang out with him there, but it doesn't matter. I think he's good. I think he's intense. I think he's troubled. And that's not always a bad thing either. And he brings it to the screen. I think when he when he played the pro wrestler, I think that was beautiful. I think it was a beautiful picture of poetry uh, to that violence there. Um, so he's he's coming along. He's the villain in two. And Iron Man's got his like suit packed into like a, a suitcase now or something like. I can't remember the picture. And then you got uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson comes in. Who she can sing? Have you ever heard Scarlett Johansson croon, Petey? She's got an album. You don't think, I know you don't think I'm hip, but she's got some songs out there with a guy named Pete Yorn. He plays a guitar, and he's good. He's had some hit singles on the on the FM radio for a while. Skylar Johansson's got some stuff with him that I, I tell you what, that girl can sing. Put her in a Star is Born too, you know? But she's an Iron Man, too, and comes along. And it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's not bad, but it wasn't great. Thor came along. I don't think that was great. First Avenger comes along. Everyone loves Captain America now. Why wouldn't you? Chris Evans is just a star. I could get lost staring in his eyes too. But uh, the first, uh, the first Captain America, I don't think people are going crazy for. But they stuck to their guns. Um, but they had to iron out some kinks, and I think people forget that. I think people forget that. But you have to give them credit because they stuck with it. They knew what they wanted to do. Foggy had a vision, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I wanted, you know, I had a connected uh, franchise type of thing going in the mid-80s. I, I, I looked at what happened with, with Star Wars, and it looked like George Lucas was done making them pictures at the time. I looked, uh, Star Trek was going good. Bill Shatner's, uh, I like Bill Shatner. He and I have thrown back some drinks over time. But, you know, I was thinking, is he still, 
Is he still going to be the big lead at the box office there? He was great on TV as TJ Hooker, uh, which is a great show. But uh, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean, Peter? I don't mean that. I'm not insulting Bill Shatner. If he heard me, he'd punch me upside the ear. But, uh, you know, Bill, I'd call Bill a friend at times in my life there. But I didn't think in the mid-80s, uh, I, you know, I saw the trends and everything. So I wanted to come up with a franchise of my own. Uh, and it was going to be a six-picture story of a knight out on adventures. Uh, he has uh, little uh, happy friends with him. Uh, he's got like a wizard with a long beard and a stick. And uh, the horse can fly when you put a, a spell on it. Uh, enchantment, I believe. Uh, I had a young set of writers uh, working with me. Uh, this is uh, the the early 80s, and I got a guy uh, named uh, Georgie Martin, and he's sitting with me uh, saying he's uh, he knows this stuff really well. He'd written some some books, and I was like, look, books ain't pictures. You know what I mean? Books ain't pictures. And uh, But he had some good ideas. I, I said maybe we'll put him on the back burner. Uh, I, don't, I, I think he went on to uh, keep writing some books. Uh but we had it. It was, like it was a fantasy thing, and I knew because you had you had Tommy Cruise coming out in that depiction of legend, and I thought that was going to make him a star. It really wasn't. I think what made him a star was Days of Thunder, uh, and I think that's what uh, really took him to the next level. Born on the Fourth of July as well, yeah, absolutely. Far away, I think an underrated picture. Uh, Nick Kidman's in that one there. That's that's a, just a talented performer, beautiful lady, but that's second on the list to me uh, behind her talent. Um, and I got to tell you, and I thought, you know, this is, we're sitting on a gold mine here. I didn't think legend hit all the notes. And so I had this, uh, I had this fantasy franchise going six pictures and uh, no studio would take it. No studio would take it. No one wanted it. And I said, I have a plan. And I would get told all the time, plans don't work in Hollywood. Plans don't work in Hollywood. Uh, so I was like, all right, let me, uh, let me add something to the story. In the second, uh, picture, they go to an Iceland and they encounter these things uh, I called ice bats. And there was this big fight in an ice castle, in an ice cave, with our heroes fighting ice bats, uh, which were of various sizes, supersized ones and large ones, kind of like the leaders, uh, but his, and smaller ones. But here's the thing. The leader of the ice bats was actually a ferret, uh, a talking ferret, and it actually had a cape and a dagger, and that's it was at the center of the ice castle, and it was this big cli- climactic uh, fight in the second picture, and then it would come back. You thought you would have thought he was the ferret was defeated uh, in the second picture, but in the fifth picture he comes back at the end of the movie, boom, pops back in, and there you go. And then that's the sixth movie is the final confrontation with the ferret, no longer in the ice castle though, and the ice bats have been destroyed. This is part of the story. This is part of my plan, and you can see, Petey, I got it stretched out six pictures. And I looked at what Star Wars was doing with the action figures. I said, we can get some ice bat uh, figures and dolls. Um, you can get a ferret figure. You can sell real ferrets and just give them real daggers and just kids can play with those, all those kind of things. And I thought, this is great. Uh, no studio would touch it. No studio would touch it. They didn't want to do it. They, did, well, they, they wanted to do the one-offs. And so, you know, and you know, everyone either, ah, there's no spaceships in it. I, I didn't want to do spaceships. So Georgie Lucas, who I love. Georgie Lucas did spaceships too well. Roddenberry's doing spaceships smarter than the rest of us. We don't need to do spaceships. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Don't give me spaceships. I want swords. I want capes. I want wizards. I want ferrets. I want ice bats. Uh, no one would take me up on that. I think it's one of the reasons uh, people stopped calling me or taking my calls towards the end of my career. 
It's still sitting on the shelf. The young, all these, I had a couple young writers. I came up with the idea, just so we're clear. I can, you steal the idea. If you're listening now and you steal the idea, I will come after you with all guns blazing. Hand to God. But I had a lot, I brought in some a writer's table, writer's think tank. That's where that Georgie Martin kid shows up there. And uh, he kept wanting to put dragons in. I said, I think dragons have been played out. We, we got Puff the Magic Dragon uh, in the 70s. The kids love that. I, I think that's past. No dragons. Uh, he said, all right, I want dragons. I'll keep that for myself, I think. So um, I got to tell you, um, I respect what Feige's done. 11 years in the making brings us to Avengers Endgame. I suppose I should uh, review it, huh? Do you want to take a break before we do that there? I think we should. I think we should. We're going to take a break here on the uh, Inside Tinseltown. The seventh episode here. I'll try to do these monthly now on the nighttime slot on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. We're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk a little bit more. Uh, uh, We're not going to talk about my franchise. We are going to talk about Avengers Endgame. Swear to God. Stick around. It's Inside Tinseltown. We're back here inside Tinseltown on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. I'm Dutch Allen. I used to say, you've got go picture, kid. A lot of people. Not everyone, but a lot of people my time as a Hollywood producer. We're here reviewing Avengers Endgame because you know who got go picture? Kevin Feige, 11 years ago over at Marvel Studios. Disney Pictures. 20-something films later, what is this, 22 or 23, counting Avengers Endgame, uh, the Go Pictures kept on going, and the Russo brothers directed this one. Uh, what is the, uh, what are the names? Anthony and and Russo and Frank's? That's a restaurant, yeah, Frankie, ugh. I know what you're doing, Petey. Uh, the Russo brothers are there. They directed a lot of TV shows. I used to like a lot of the TV shows, funny stuff, good comedy. Uh, I led uh, the show about the, the community college, uh, night school, or whatever it was called, was good. So they started directing uh, superhero pictures, and I got to tell you uh, what was awesome there. Uh, well, I got to tell you what was awesome there is that they did, uh, they did Captain, uh, what did they do, Captain America Civil, no, well, they did Civil War, which, by the way, had... You know, Ulysses S. Grant was nowhere near it there, but they did uh, the, the Winter Soldier, right? Uh, which is uh, the, the second Captain America picture, or third, I can't remember. I didn't see all these pictures, to be honest with you. But I did see Winter Soldier because Bob Redford was in it there, and I've talked about uh, my love of Bob Redford before, and I thought uh, I thought it was it's actually one of my favorite ones. I, I call it a political thriller of a superhero picture. I've had some people disagree with that. But I like it. I, to me, it was a little different. I'll say this. This is a review of Revenge's Endgame. Spoiler heavy here, but I'll say this. Uh, I think some of these Marvel pictures are a little, uh, a little the same. I don't, gonna, I don't have a problem saying that, Dan. That's not bad. If, if they've made the same movie 22 times, it's a damn good movie, and that's okay. They've got a formula. It works. They're bright. The screen's very bright. Everyone can see everything. Apparently, that's important to everybody. They don't like artistic choices. They just like computer graphics in a well-lit room. Uh, They got that. I kind of tune out on some of the fights. 
All right, people are waving their hands and flying around. There's shots of Bob Downey Jr. and Dodd Cheadle uh, close up in masks uh, with the readouts on their face. Thor's got some jokes, and it all works. It sounds like I'm down on it. No, it, it all works, and, and that's why it has worked, and it's, and it's an impressive achievement, 11 years and 20-plus pictures in the same story. They're telling the same story. Uh, you're moving along, and they've been doing a good job on it. Yeah, we talked about that plan. But as far as the picture, this was a satisfying picture. And I, I know a lot of uh, movie critics love to use that. Satisfying conclusion to a story 11 years in the making. Put my name on the VHS box. You know what I mean? Put it there. I understand. This story is the climax we've been waiting for. My fourth wife. Uh, but uh, it is. The story's satisfying. It's a pretty impressive. The writers, I know there's a couple young writers working on it. They put this together there, and you've got to take everything because it's like an all-star game. It's a Major League Baseball all-star game uh, where you got to get all the players in because every, every fan of every team wants to see their favorite players. So, you know, you may have Willie Mays, and way to go, Willie Mays is on your all-star team. But people, uh, you know, that's a New York Giant uh, fan there or back in the day or San Francisco Giant fan a little later. Yeah, you want to see Willie Mays, but there's also people there that are, are there to see Dick Grote of the Pirates. And you got to get him in any. And this carries on. You know, this goes on. All right. Yeah, we're here to watch Bo Jackson play in the 1989 All-Star game. But there was also someone tuning in that game to watch Lance Parrish, the catcher of the Tigers, uh, to play. Well, I, mean, I think maybe by then he was on the Phillies. Doesn't matter. And I think in the Avengers Endgame, everyone's together. You got your lead players, your superstars, your Iron Mans, your Captain Americas, and your, uh, uh, you know, Rocket the, the Wizard or whatever his name is, and, and Groot the Tree and, and all these things. And I think... Yeah, you know, those are the characters people want to see in, in Black Widow. Uh, but then uh, they also want to see, you know, Schmoopy Dude and Cape Guy and, uh, you know, Mighty Mouse and all these things. And and I think Avengers, more than anything, takes all these players, these action figures, so to speak, dumps them on the table and says uh, they're here for everyone to play with. We're just going to focus on five or six. And so I think that helps the story, but it also turns into the... Cl- the story is, in you know, the last picture... Uh, Josh Brolin comes along and snaps his finger and kills uh, like uh, everybody. And I, you know, I didn't think for one second when when uh, the other one, uh, the Endless War, I think it's Avengers: Endless War, comes on. Uh, that ends and it's had some good stuff. You got the Spider Man is crying and Iron Man thinks he failed and Thor thinks he failed and all these kind of things. And I like fail failure in pictures is an interesting character study. It's how you overcome things. I I, I love the hero and I love the hero moment, but what happens after that? Uh, that's why I love the uh, Star Wars picture with Luke Skywalker living on a you know a campfire on a campsite on a hill. Like I, that's that's interesting to me. Like what happens after you you beat the Ewoks, or maybe the Ewoks helped them. I can't remember the bears, the little teddy bears are fighting them, right? Uh, so in this one, there you, you know in in Avengers: Endless War, you got uh, that stuff's going on, and so I, but I I didn't I wasn't afraid when this picture starts that uh, we're gonna lose everybody. Is going to come back and save the day somehow. That's what these Marvel pictures are about. They're about happiness, I guess, uh, and some tears along the way. So they got to fight this guy. They got to fight Josh Brolin. 
who's painted blue, and he looks like he worked out a lot there for this picture. He's a good kid. I know, I know, uh, James Brolin was someone I know a lot too, Jimmy Brolin back in the day. So, Josh Brolin's there, and, and, and you know, and, uh, they're going to go after him. So they're going to get in a, a time machine and they're going to go chase him and all these kind of things. And Paul Rudd shows up and Paul Rudd's a great guy. I knew, I, I knew back in Clueless. So this guy is, uh, I, I wouldn't have predict, predicted that he'd be a superhero, but a, you know, comedy leading man, uh, an affable, every guy like Paul Rudd's good. He makes me chuckle there. And, and so that stuff's going on. You got to Captain Marvel, which we did see last, uh, last month too. And we reviewed that picture. You know, you got that one going on and she's got a new, a very cool hairstyle. She looks like she's uh, running for office in 1998. And she's good. She's really powerful. So she's so powerful, looks like she disappears for a while. Probably because that's going to be another movie. Um, you know, uh, hey, here's what happened during that time. She's off saving planets and stuff. Like, uh, I think that's, I get it. I get it. Um, again, you got so many characters and you got to give them, quote, satisfying conclusions to a story 11 years in the making. That's going to happen. Uh, you got... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is uh, he comes around as the strange doctor, and he's there, and he's he's seen all the futures or something like that, and so they go on this little search for the jewelry, the space jewelry that's going to save everything there, and, and you know at no point did I think they weren't going to do it, and that's okay. We're so used to twists. We're so used to Shemalian coming along and making his, uh, hey, the kid's dead. Or, you know, Bruce Willis ain't dancing with you. You know, all these kind of things. Um, we don't need the twists. We don't always need the uh, shocking deaths. We don't. Uh, sometimes the story's a story, and it's about the journey. You know, did I ever have any doubts in 1977 that the good guys were going to blow up the death globe? No. Uh, they were going to get it done. It's how they got it done. And that's and that's and if you tell a story, you suspend that disbelief and you make people forget about the ending they think they know is coming. It's good, but I also like uh, unpredictability. I like changing things around, and I think the I think the Marvel pixels could use some of that too. There again, that's why I like the Winter Soldier because it's a it's more of a, a political thriller to me. But that's a different different subject there. Uh, I was having I was having breakfast with Bob Redford uh, a long uh, not too long after he made that picture, and he was like, "I'm not even sure what it is." Uh, I know these superheroes are pop- popular. He's like, you know, to me, superheroes, Roy Hobbs, who I played in The Natural, you know, uh, who turns out is not a real character, but um, I don't know. I wouldn't tell Bob Redford that. Um, he liked that. And he says, you know, my grandkid said, uh, yeah, you know, you know, Grampy Bob Bob, do it. And that's what he's in the picture there. But uh, he's, uh, he's in the picture, too. He shows up there, too. Because, again, they go back on different uh, space-time continuum uh levels or whatever and they're seeing different they're seeing the things and i thought that was like a nice it reminded me of like the end of seinfeld remember the end of seinfeld i know people didn't like the end of seinfeld too much but the episode itself or cheers where it's like you you remember that thing you saw three years ago and you liked it here's a shot of it here's a clip of it here's that character walking in going hello goodbye i thought i thought the end game had a lot of that you know, do you remember the movie in 2012 you all liked? Here it is. It doesn't really matter, but it's there. And I like that stuff. And they had some good jokes off of it. A lot about Captain America's Heine, which I got no problem with that. He's got a good Heine. He's truly the Heine of America. I can get behind that. Chris Evans is a good kid. Uh, I actually uh, had a beer at a Boston bar with Chris Evans uh, in mid-2000s. He just done that movie Cellular uh, in 2004, came out, and... Um, uh, he's a good kid. He's a good Captain America. We know he's played two superheroes. He was Stretch Guy in the four, te- in the four team, and now he's uh, Captain America. Who knows what he'll do next? 
But all that builds up. At no point do I think they're not going to come back with the space jewelry. At no point do I think they're not going to save the day. Now, they do do an interesting thing. It's like this time jump. Uh, Josh Boland uh, gets killed early on. Again, if you're listening to this point, you haven't seen the picture. That's on you. Um, and uh, then he uh, he comes back, and uh, there's a different version of him there. It's like he's like Doc Brown in the Old West. And... Um, it all ends up in this final fight. And in this final fight, uh, a lot of things are happening. And this is the point. And I'll tell you this point, too. This is a three-hour runtime on this picture there. And I remember back in the day when I would I would want to give someone a go picture. They'd be in my office. They got a great script all typed up there. They got the Brads in the paper there holding it all together. They got a good title page. And I'd say, uh, I'd look across to them and say, kid, you got a story here. It's 20 pages too long. They'd be like, no, I got to tell my story. Young directors, by the time you get to the 70s and the art tours are, are coming out of SC and everything there, and they're like, well, I'm going to tell my story. The, the shark swims around. You don't even see him for most of the movie. There. And you'd be like, yeah, give me the shark right up top. In fact, make him talk. Like, I want the shark to threaten the beach. Uh, I want to see it. Have him pop up and sing a song. Um, but they want to do it their way. And I, in the end, I really respect that there. But uh, you know, I remember looking across. I'd be like, you could get Go Picture. All you have to do is cut 20 pages, and some of them wouldn't do it. It seems like a little bit that's the case there with the Avengers. But I, I got no problem. Again, you, you, you wrap it up 11 years. I don't, I don't think anyone's surprised it was three hours long. Uh, but there was a lot of talk, PD. You see this talk there on the Internet, there on the BuzzFeeds, that about the, when, do you, when do you take a pee during this movie? And it became like a national outcry. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I once drove from... Los Angeles, California, to Flagstaff, Arizona, in a T-Bird, which wasn't the most comfortable ride. It's seven hours, if you're lucky, on this road. You take the 40 freeway now, but back in the day, you didn't. You had to take the 66, the Route 66, and you're going through there. And you, then you have to cut up off the 66. Got to go through, like, Williams, Arizona. Over seven hours to Flagstaff. I stopped for flapjacks once in Yuma. I didn't pee once. Yeah, I'm older. Yeah, I got a prostate problem. Bring a bucket if you're so concerned. How did this become a national outcry? What are we going to do in the uh, Avengers movie? How are we going to pee? Get the F up, stand up, walk to the bathroom, tinkle like a man or a woman, and get back to your seat. What's your problem? Or don't drink a 64-ounce big gulp of soda pop and wonder, why do I got to pee? I don't know what's going to happen to Iron Dude because I got to pee. Get the hell up. Get out of your seat as quietly as you can. Go run to the bathroom. Pee into the porcelain tube they give you there to pee in, the porcelain bowl there that's waiting for you there, and get back to your seat. This is, you know... I'm not one of those types that says this generation's looser, smoother than the previous generations, but how are you going to win wars like that? Who's in the foxhole going, hey, hey, this war's going to be kind of long. Is there bathroom breaks in it? Will the Nazis let us take a whiz? Asking for a friend. No, you pee in your boots. So I was never worried about that, and I should be worried about that. I once, you know, had a long lunch meeting. And then I, I too, was wondering, when am I going to pee? You know what I did? He said, excuse me, 
Alan Alda. Gotta stop the meeting. I love what you're doing on MASH. I want to work with you, but I need to go in that bathroom right now. Or both of us are swimming out in a urine river. And he understood. Go pee when you gotta go pee. And if you gotta do more in a movie theater, God bless you. Pinch it off. Get going. So I was never concerned about this, Sam. And then the story picks up, and you got the big final battle, and things are going on, and everyone, every character who's ever appeared on a movie that's still alive in the story there shows up. They all come out of nowhere. Poof, poof, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're here. And that's touching. The crowd I was with cheers. They're screaming. I know that character. There is that character from a movie I saw previously. They're all on the same screen, and they are fighting. They are waving their hands. They have force fields. They have magic whips. They're flying around. They're shooting rockets. And it was a good time. I know it sounds like I'm cynical, Petey, but I'm not. I'm saying I actually enjoy this. I'm saying I actually enjoy this. It's fun. I get it. It's not It's not making you think too hard. I don't think you're learning a lot of lessons from it, but it's good. It's going on there. Then that's when the death starts happening. Bob Downey Jr. dies. Sacrifices his life or his power source or whatever because it's the only way it's possible. And the strange doctor points at him and says, this is the one, kid. And uh, he's got to do what he's got to do. And that's sad. I've had a lot of friends die. A lot of marriages end. Endings are sad. And I, Bob, Bob Danny Jr. is one of the best actors of all time. We know this. And that's part of the gamble. It began with him. It's got to end with him. Again, am I surprised at that? No. Someone said to me, please don't spoil Avengers Endgame. And I went, it probably goes exactly like you expected it would go back in 2008. Like, and that's not bad, but... I'm not I'm not going to spoil something your expectations haven't already predicted down to a T. Uh, so don't worry about it. Go see the picture and pee before you go, apparently. So he does die. Bob Downey Jr. dies. There's a recording. He's like reading off his will. You get this armor. You get this armor. You get a hot dog. You know, all those kind of things. Um, he's there. And, um, you know, it's good. It teared me up a little bit. And then Captain America comes back and he says, hey, I'll go back and save the day there. Give me all the space jewels. I'll do it. And and he doesn't really come back. He's got uh, Mark Ruffalo, who's great in Collateral. He's great in Collateral. Go see that picture. Tommy Cruise is in that there. Jamie Foxx is a good picture. Uh, Jada Jada Pinkett Smith in it, too. She's got a good role there. Um, Would have liked to have seen a little bit more of her, but uh, it's in there. Check it out. Uh, Ruffalo, um, he's in there, there and he's uh, upset. He's not upset. I can't tell sometimes. He's great. He's not great. He's there. Uh, you got some comedy with Thor, who's uh, he's uh, apparently a comedy character. Uh, like to, he's there to get bring laughs. Uh, and, and anyways, all of a sudden, uh, you know, Captain America comes back, and they're looking for him. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? And he's sitting on the bench, and he's wearing, he's wearing one of those jackets that I, I told myself I'd never wear when I got older. I don't want to dress too young, but I don't want to dress too old, you know. And, I, and, and they had Chris Evans with some makeup on. God, I hope that's makeup. Uh, and, um, no, I know how movies are made, Petey, but could you imagine if they were like, just, you know, show up to set like you are. Um, and he's sitting there, and he said he had a good life. And he uh, he ended up with the lady he loved, had a good time. They danced, they made some babies, and now he's there at the end. And he hands the shield to Anthony uh, Mackie. Uh, who uh, plays uh, Falcon, die, Falcon guy, and uh, and uh, he's going to be um, Captain America Falcon. And then you got uh, the other guy, the brooding guy with one arm. Uh, he's got a robot arm, uh, and, and 
he's got a non-robot arm, and he's there like, yeah, you, you're the, yeah, we're going to do it. I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to do it. Um, and that's it. And that was sad, too, because, you know, I've had a lot of marriages, a lot of things. I love love. I respect love. And so uh, to watch uh, Captain America sit there and go, hey, I'm going to go now, but, man, I had love. I think that's good, right? And he's in love with the character played by, what's her name? It's uh, Agent Carter, played by Haley Atwell, I believe, who is uh, uh, just a just a just a, f- a wonderful rose in this prickly thorn desert out here. I met her once, ran into her uh, down the t- by the time she was doing the TV program. She was over at a Starbucks coffee shop in Studio City. Ran into her. She was uh, very just humble, unassuming, but had a presence to her. And, I, and, and she's in this picture for I think about three seconds. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, Captain America went back and danced with her, and uh, and that's the end of that story there. And it's sad; and people are crying. Oh, Cap! And I was sad too, because I like love. Sad about Bob Downey Jr. Not sad about the money he made. And then you got the future. You got a lot of things going on. Future. Also, you know who died? This is Scarlett Johansson. And again, I think you should check out her albums with Pete Yorn. He's a young musical artist. Uh, they combined on some uh, songs. Uh, good crooning by Scarlett Johansson. She's she's dead too. Apparently, I don't know. She fell off a cliff. It seemed a little unceremonious. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's permanent. That's the thing, that's the thing about these superhero pictures, and that's the one thing I took away from Avengers Endgame. No death is permanent unless your contract runs out. Check the trades. You want spoilers, or want to avoid spoilers? Stay away from the trades. That will let you know who's coming back or who's not coming back. And those three, looks like we knew that. Now, I know they're going to make a Black Widow picture. I think I heard that. It's about time. If I was part of the management team of Scarlett Johansson, I'd be really upset. Or maybe I would be upset at my management team if I was Scarlett Johansson. That you show up here uh, in Iron Man 2, and then young some young upstart Captain Marvel gets a... Uh, uh, female-led superhero picture before you do. Not that I'm taking anything away from Captain Marvel. Uh, Brie Lawson's great. She used to sing too, you know? That's actually her start. She used to sing the guitar and everything at the coffee shops around L.A. Um, it's nothing against Captain Marvel or Brie Lawson, but I, you know, I'd be like, hey, I put my time in. you telling me I can't do this? Give me a picture. So I hope she gets one. I don't know if I, I read those rumors right, but she, uh, she, she's got a picture. So I don't know. So the movie's kind of a bummer. Endless War, uh, Avengers Endless War was kind of a bummer, uh, but you had hope because you knew the end was coming. This, there's a victory. Everything's restored. Flowers grow up again through the earth and uh, deers start grazing and fish are in the streams. Everything's great, you know what I mean? All the lessons we thought we learned about uh, failure and uh, the five-year jump and how you have to deal with failure and loss and all those kind of interesting themes that would be present in a, like a picture that's up for an Academy Award, all those are erased because uh, we went back in time with the space jewelry and had some, look at that, you remember that moment, and remember that fight, and that's going on there. Uh, but all that, don't worry about it. All the growth and progress is gone. We're back to the starting point, and we got a new set of superheroes, or some of them got new outfits, and we're going to fight more problems, and we're going to defeat those problems because that's the way it's always going to go. So... Uh, I I happy with the ending, and more than anything, and I want to make this clear, at the end of this picture, I stayed through the credits. That was a waste of my time. I could have peed then. Uh, at the end of this picture, I thought to myself, 
They did it. Marvel Pictures, Kevin Feige, Disney, Bob Downey Jr., everybody. They did it. They put together this long story, a long play. They put it together. Something I tried to do with my picture, my fantasy picture, the swords, the wizard, the ferret, and the ice bat. I couldn't get it done. They got it done. And I think more than anything, more than anything, is what I took from this. And to all the people that enjoyed it with all their hearts, and they cheered, and they cried, and they stamped their feet, that's why we do this. You don't do it for me. They don't do it for me. You don't need to worry about Dutch Allen's opinions on Avengers Endgame and Avengers Endless War and all those kind of things. You don't. You need to worry about your opinion. And it's nice to have shared opinions and communities form around shared passions. And that's not a problem either. In fact, I love that. I love that. I used to go speak at Driving Miss Daisy conventions, small gatherings all across the country. I was part of the producing team of that picture, and I used to go to Driving Miss Daisy cons, they said. It was a great time. People dressing up as Jessica Tandy and Morgan Freeman. One, one person dressed up as the car. Loved it. Uh, and that's, was, that's what it was. You know, some people like that picture. Some people don't like that picture. Uh, I can't change that. So if you enjoy those Marvel pictures and you enjoyed this Endgame picture, here's my final word to you. God bless you for loving it. God bless you for enjoying it. I enjoyed it. It's not all my cup of tea. It's not all my cup of tea. But it is, uh, it is, it's good to see people enjoy things. And in this tough world, in this tough world, that's all you need. That's it for this week. Dutch Allen's almost out of here. That's me. Thanks for listening. Thank you for all you do. Support if you support the Knapsack Files podcast feed. I know there's some high-tier patrons that we like to uh, pay homage to. And we talk about and we say, hey, thanks for being uh, executive producers of the Cad Knapsack Patreon page, which you can go find out at patreon.com slash Cad Knapsack. Uh, that's uh, we got David Ham, Thomas Rizzling, Lisa Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bedore. I like that name. Bedore, Matthew Maroney, Matt Thompson, Tamo, and Abdul, the brothers Butter. Donald Long, Nathan Overdale, Zach Anderson, Spencer Hunt. No, he's recent there uh, in that stuff there. Thank you for your support. You can go to, uh, you can you want Kenny Knapsack's work, just head on over to kenknapsack.com. Uh, he's got that book out, Why We Love Star Wars. It's coming out there mid-May. You can pre-order it now or order it later. I heard he's working on an audio book, but it's not his call. A lot of people keep tweeting him. Hey, Kenny, when you, can, can I get an audio book? He has nothing to do with it. This is not a self-published book. He's worked very hard for Mango Publishing. They're in charge of that kind of stuff, and they're working on it, so it might still happen. All right? You got it? Do you have it? I think that's all. I think that's all. It's been fun talking with you. Final rating. Avengers Endgame. Three and a half. Go pictures out of five. We'll see you next time here on Inside Tinsel Town. I'm Dutch Allen. Petey, I, uh, I finished my drink. You want to pour me some more McKellen? McClellan. McKellen? McClellan. I don't care. Just pour it. Yeah. We'll go to Moose's and Frank's after this. Thanks, Petey.